Now entering Nerdist.com. True it with a guy named Kevin. True it and this other guy Steve. True it from the TV and the movies, and now this podcast stream. True it, they're gonna get chewy. True it, they might even get me. True it, but they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. Oh yeah, how's that chew? Delicious. Okay. Delicious. I'm having a lobster roll sandwich. Okay. In anticipation of our arrival in Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I'm having the uh, newfangled thing that we discussed, the um, bacon jerky. Oh, really? Okay. Like, you know, that's the hot new thing, bacon jerky. Now, but if I recall correctly, and I'm certain that I do, you told me you were not a fan of bacon jerky. I'm not. I'm not that huge of a fan of it. I don't think it's the right kind of flavor. I mean, we talked about it. It's just cold bacon. Yeah, it's cold. Ba- it's, it's bacon. It's cold, kind of fatty. It's bacon that, like, you know, when you're at Denny's and you're like, oh, can I take that to go? And then you put yeah. it in the fridge, and then the next day you go to eat it. That's bacon jerky. But also the, the, the jerky that I like is a hard-to-chew jerky. You know, like you have to chew it. Sure, it fucks your teeth you got to bite it. you got to rip it. Yeah. You know, the bacon jerky is very soft. Sure. I like the bacon jerky. I think it's all right. Then why are you eating it? I'm never going to get it again. Just because it's in my mouth. Oh, okay, that's just what you happen yeah. to be chewing. Just what, just what happens. Okay, to so, be I'm chewing, s- man. so it's not a very satisfying chew that you're having. No, but you know that's okay. You know what'll be satisfying? What our conversation? You got <laughs> damn straight. It will be, Kev. <laughs> yeah, dog. All right, what's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? What's up? We're traveling, and uh, we're in the car, and we're doing a car cast. Uh, we're on the Massachusetts Turnpike right now. We're driving the length of Massachusetts. Yeah. So didn't James Taylor sing a song about that from Boston to Stockbridge or something like that? I have no idea. Um, That's what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, so we're going the other way, Stockbridge to Boston. And um, we figured we would just record one. What the hell, right? Why not? Not sure when it's going to air. It'll air, you know. But we'll just record it. Yeah, it's airing today as far as these people are concerned. That's right. Currently, we are driving from our gig in Glens Falls, New York. Thank you. Thank you. To Boston, Massachusetts. Yep. Where we will sleep in a hotel room. And wake up and fly back to Los Angeles. Yeah. And um, I would like to just shout out to the good people of Glens Falls, New York. That was a ter- those are two terrific shows. We had some great shows there. Guys, that Wood Theater, cool theater, stadium seating. Yeah, the Charles Both shows sold out. Yep. Packed houses. Um, stadium seating is kind of cool. You got that wall of sound, you know. I love it. It was cool because it's like we were on the same level as the front row. Yeah. And then all the seats went up ar- around us, and yeah. it did create a wall of laughter, which a was pretty cool. A wall of sound. Yeah. It was great. The audiences were great. But having such good shows uh, this weekend made us think about uh, a topic to talk about. Yes. We um, started recounting the really bad shows that we've had. Because we've had several. We've had some bad shows. And, um, you know, whether it's our fault or the venue or whatever it is, technical difficulties, who knows? But there have been some bad ones over the years, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, when they're happening, you hate it. You hate it. But when, you know, you uh, go back and think about it, you always get a little chuckle, I feel like. Well, I think of, like, one of the earliest ones that we ever had was a Broken Lizard show. And it's we still talk about it to this day. To this day. It's, and it's the granddaddy. Of, it's the mother of them all. <laughs> it's, uh, it was our first college show. Yeah. We call it the Hobart Show. Yeah. We can just say, like, oh, it's like Hobart. Yeah. Oh, this is like Hobart. Yeah. Hobart College. Hobart College. Yeah. It was a show where everything went wrong. 
Oh, man. Like, every single thing from our performance to the venue to the technical, everything, everything went wrong. Because it started out, it started out on the wrong foot. We were there for, during freshman orientation weekend. Yeah. And we were hired to do a freshman orientation entertainment show. Yeah. And as a joke, I think Jay was doing the opening monologue. As a joke, he said, all right, everybody get up and introduce yourself to the person standing next to you, which is, you know, what you do at those freshmen, at every freshman orientation event. But the freshmen believed him, and they all got up and shook each other's hands. They were probably sick and tired of doing it. <laughs> and they got annoyed. But yeah, but, but yeah, it go really ahead. got the show started off on the wrong foot. Well, I mean, back up a little bit. The thing that really got the show uh, on the wrong foot yeah. was the fact that it was an orientation program. And prior to our show... There was like a date rape awareness presentation. <laughs> you are correct. And so uh, it was in the same venue with the same crowd, the same kids sitting in the same place, and they did like an orientation thing about date rape. And it was a very kind of somber thing and uh, because there's no laughing matter. Right. And then they decided to follow that up with us. Yeah. For some reason. It's a comedy show. And, um, and everything was wrong about it. Everything was wrong. Well, they had been sitting there for at least an hour, right? Yeah, Already? For a while, yeah. And, you know, I mean, honestly, at some point, they realized that they didn't have to really sit there anymore, and they started getting up and leaving during the show. Yeah. But we, uh, remember, we bought our, brought our friend Coop, and he worked the spotlight for us. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. And there were problems with the spotlight. There were technical problems in the sense, uh, all across the board. Like, for example, you were doing a sketch... Uh, where you uh, were doing that Gerardo, the guy Gerardo. Yeah. What's that song that he had? Rico Suave. Rico Suave. Yeah. And you're supposed to do the Rico Suave thing, and you get up on stage, and you wait for the music to kick in. Yeah. And we were playing the music from the back, and we couldn't get the fucking thing to work. Yeah. We could not get the thing to work. Were you not on stage with me? I thought you were playing the uh, devil. I was on stage. Okay. I was on stage. It was Jay, I think, who was trying to get the thing going. And so we... It was a cassette. A cassette had to play the song Rico Suave, and then I was going to dance to it. And then the lights went up, and there we were standing on stage, waiting for the music cue. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Couldn't get it. Jay scrambling in the back. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. And if you don't get it, the music cue, then you can't do the sketch, because the sketch is built around the music cue. Yeah. And so ultimately what happened? Did he get it on or did we, co- we no, cut it off? No, here's what happened. Is remember, Jay walked out on stage <laughs> and he said, right. uh, we can't do the sketch. He was, he was speaking in shorthand as though people knew what was happening. He said, uh, we can't get the sketch because we can't get the cassette to play. And people laughed. By the way, it was the first laugh of the show. Because I don't remember what the, opening, what the opening sketch was, but it didn't yeah. go well. No, nothing went well. And then we did th- that. Yeah. And when Jay said, oh, we can't do the sketch because the cassette won't play, people laughed. And he said, I'm serious. That's no, not I'm a serious. joke. <laughs> and he said, come on, guys. And he pulled you and I, and I think it was Stolhansky, off the stage. Yeah. And he said, come on, guys. Let's go. And we left the stage. Mm-hmm. We eventually did it. <laughs> but, like, w- what I do know in, in speaking to those guys was that uh, there was a moment in time where they couldn't get the cassette to work. Yeah. Where they all just looked at each other, and they actually froze backstage and decided fuck those guys on stage (laughs) let them hang and then they realized that they could not do that they had to come get us you know i forgot another piece of it when when we uh well there's a few that going in order like it was the i got one before we even the show starts okay uh we got uh we were living in new york city and we were driving up there 
and I, w- and I was the guy who always arranged all the costumes. Yeah. And I left the costumes hanging on the back door uh, of our house, of our apartment in New York City. Okay. And I forgot, uh, like, most of the costumes. So we had to go out to, like, Walmart and kind of try to recreate the costumes Holy that shit, we had. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. But then there was a point where there was a lot of laughter. Yes. We were getting a lot of laughs, couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And then we realized that the curtain uh, to the backstage was a sheer curtain. Yeah. There was a light on the other side, behind the curtain, so it was illuminating us getting changed. Yeah. And so anyone watching the show could see us through the curtain getting changed, naked, changing our costumes, that kind of shit. Well, there was... (laughs) So, like, this show was so bad, and this is what, you know, what Kevin was talking about, how, like, sometimes you appreciate it. This show was so bad... That afterwards, back at the hotel, we were filming it. Yeah, we shot it. And afterwards, but remember, we, we did, also bailed. We we, we forgot. We we, we, we oh, yeah, started we were, cutting sketches. Yeah, we were cutting sketches and, left and right. And and uh, one of the uh, Lauren Bright was a was a woman in our comedy group at the time, and we and we cut one of the, her big sketches because yeah. we just want to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And she she got pissed, right? She, <laughs> she uttered a, an infamous broken lizard line. She said, I think you are making a grievous mistake. <laughs> we were like, are you not participating in the same show that we're participating in? But good for her for being, you know, a yeah. committed performer. I mean, she wanted to get out there and do her fucking sure. sketch. Sure, but no by the way, what? By, the third, by the third sketch, after each sketch, you would see maybe... Forty or fifty freshmen of them. get up and walk out the and door. It, it was kind of like they would look at each other and realize, you know what? We really don't have to fucking stay here. Let's yeah. go party. What yeah, the fuck are we doing here? This. In this stupid show. Yeah, but so free show. So we decided we were going to watch the videotape. The show was so bad, we wanted oh, to have some laughs, and we decided so to watch funny. the videotape. And that was actually how we discovered the the curtain issue because I remember there was at one point. I think it was Soder. At that moment when we heard uproarious laughter. There was even a, a separation in the curtain, and we could see Soder's naked ass appearing right in front of our eyes, and we started laughing at it. <laughs> we did. We had a great time, like, because it was such a disheartening show, and then to go back there and realize we had it on video, and let's just fucking watch it. Let's just embrace it and watch it, and we laughed our ass off. And you remember, I think that was the first show that we had the new music guy. Oh, fuck. Remember Eric, Ru- was it Eric Roos was his name, right? Yeah. We called him the Rooster. And he was, what, Swiss or he German? Was Swiss. We called him the Swiss Mister. The Swiss Mister. And he had a, an accent. And there was a language barrier in the sense of, like, you know, we'd, ha- we'd want him to play something for us. And, like, some background music during a sketch. And we'd try to get on the same page of what kind of music we wanted. Like, it was rock and roll or whatever it is. And the one thing we could all decide on was boogie woogie. That's what he would always say. He, he would always boogie say boogie woogie. You want the boogie woogie? And you're like, yeah, boogie woogie. <laughs> 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 and uh, and I remember uh, we we uh, uh, it was his first show and like he had to do certain tunes that were kind of iconic that people knew like there was a Charlie Brown sketch he had to play a Charlie Brown tune he had and the, he had no fucking clue the famous Peanuts song the Vince Guaraldi trio that from the Christmas special yeah. and uh, it it actually do you remember it came out like because we were doing a Charlie Brown sketch. <laughs> It came out Chinese. He came, it went ding, 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 ding. We were like, what the fuck? We were like, what the going on? The Charlie Brown sketch. Yeah. But the, the great thing was uh, we went back to the um, hotel, and he joined us, too. And we all had a fucking laugh watching that thing. Yeah, we laughed. Because all of us fucked up. All of us were terrible. Every technical thing that could go wrong went wrong. It was just a blast, though. Yeah. 
We have that tape somewhere. Somewhere so that tape is hanging out somewhere. Maybe if we ever find it, maybe we'll release it <laughs> so people can see it. It's I don't think you even sit through it. I mean, it probably was like an hour and a half of bullshit. Yeah, you might have had to have been there, which we were. <laughs> um, but that was that was a terrible. That was terrible. the first kind of seminal terrible show that we'd ever had. That's what you know, like with um, as Broken Lizard. I mean, early on at college, we didn't really have a, a, a horrible show like that, but we had a few bummer gigs um in new york city i remember we did yeah in the early days yeah we did a charity event at a record store uh, <laughs> hmv well you were working there you, I, you hooked us up right i was working there and it was like it was an aids benefit oh god and uh it was one of our first gigs ever away from the duplex which was our home club yeah and some people had seen us perform at the duplex and so, like, they were booking acts, like musical acts, and I suggested that we could do some sketch comedy there, <laughs> you know, thinking it would be good exposure, even though it was, like, just people from the record store right? at this charity event. And um, we were supposed to do, what, like, three sketches? I think so, yeah. And we got up, and it was an AIDS event. Yeah, but imagine, it's essentially, you're doing sketches at a Best Buy you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. what it was like. You're like. They made a little fake stage at a Best Buy, and we were doing fucking sketches. Now. Yeah, they had a stage that did not fit the five of us. <laughs> and Actually, the, at, at that point, the group was probably like ten people. Yeah. And uh, we got up there, and there were no mics, I don't think. Nope. And we were just screaming our sketches. People were amused for about 30 seconds. And now, were people shopping, or was the store otherwise closed no, down? No, it was closed. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but it was kind of a party. Yeah, and so people like a cocktail party. Or something. Yeah, people yeah. watched us for about thirty seconds, and then they just turned their backs on us. Right, and it was kind <laughs> of like we were just like you know we were like a jazz act. <laughs> right, you know, doing some music, uh, you know, for everyone's <laughs> listening pleasure. But we, I think we did like the Socrates and Plato sketch, probably. Okay, yeah. And we might have done one of those musical things, but I think we uh, we aborted our show. Sure. Did someone get mad at you or something like that? Didn't someone get mad at you? No, but like the like they were looking at us like we were fucking losers. It was one right. of those times where you know they're like, just get off the stage. Like you guys <laughs> suck. It's one of those. I mean, literally, it's one of those ones that people look at you, and because of the context, they actually just think you're bad. Yeah. And obviously, like when the show sucks like that, it does affect your performance. You start to suck. Oh, and you yeah. start to rush through everything, and oh, it's like yeah. you just want to get off the stage. You start to shit the bed, yeah, intentionally. So, so that was another. But that was like that one, the Village Gate, right? It was a similar situation uh, oh, where yeah. uh, the Village Gate's not open anymore, right? It closed, didn't it? Didn't I think it, close? it closed. But yeah. it was a, it was a, a, an old, like, famous place down in the village, and they'd have you know rock band, you know, the music acts, they'd have uh, stand-ups, all kinds of things. It was, it was a really big, rowdy room. I remember seeing a bunch of different kinds of shows there. Yeah. And uh, for somehow we got booked in there to do a night of shows. And I think uh, we really didn't plan well because it's a huge, rowdy room uh, of people and we decided to do our most talky sketch, which was that Socrates sketch. Well, but do you remember the the way it was? Was like the stage was kind of square, and there were actually two rooms. Yeah, it was like an L shaped room where you could decide to play to one room or the other yeah. side of the room. And, and you know, so you could never really, especially in a dialogue sketch, it was impossible. That was the thing we we found. We wound up playing to just one of the rooms, and the other room then totally tuned us out <laughs> and just fucking talked over us. And uh, 
I, I think it was like so loud that the audience could not even hear the dialogue. Right. Um, what other Broken Lizard ones? What was the one in Tampa, Southern Florida, right? University I, of Southern I Florida. I can't remember. Yeah, we were at USF. Remember that? We've told this story before, I think, right? So yeah, we um, we were doing a Broken Lizard tour, and it was a pretty fun tour. We had some good college gigs. And so uh, at this particular time at USF, we were doing it. was also like a freshman orientation, I think, also. It was. They had been there for three hours already. Yeah, but it was a big, kind of a big uh, event. So they had it in the basketball court, which is like a five $6,000 seat arena. Yeah. And um, and it's huge. Like, you walk in there, and we hadn't played anywhere that big before. Yeah. And so we were sharing the bill with uh, Kevin Hart, who at the time was just breaking big. Like, yeah. he, hadn't, he wasn't like who he is now. But he was getting there. Yeah, he right? opened for us. Yeah, well, I think like we had the same agent, and they put the show together, and he probably wanted to do his show and get the fuck out. Of there. Yeah, yeah. So they, so he went first, and so uh, uh, we went after he. He went, and so he went out there, and it was packed. He did like forty-five minutes. Yeah, and you know, killed, had a great time, and then he came off, and it was our turn to go on. We went on, and what happened was, I'd say about two thirds of the audience decided they didn't want to see us. They were just there for Kevin Hart. Yeah. So about 3,000 of the 5,000 people just stood up yeah. and started filing out of the arena yeah. while we started our show. And the sound of 3,000 people walking out of an arena is deafening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they started, you know, like... You were on the stage first, right? Or? I went first. Yeah. Like, we first we did the Super Troopers sketch. Right. And when we were done with that... That's when everyone started to leave. <laughs> and so I had the distinct and unique pleasure of being on stage for the beginning of the fucking bleeding. And I, Your whole set was the sound of trampling feet. There were so many people leaving that they were <laughs> bottlenecked at the exits. Like they, and so people had to stop and watch me. Sure. Waiting their turn to exit the arena. Right. And I remember looking at our tour manager, Phil Catone, who did the sound. I just looked over at him and he just shrugged and like pointed to his watch and just said, keep going. Keep it up, bro. And so like, but it was such a train wreck that when I came off, like you guys were like, are you okay? <laughs> like Kevin Hart had to give me a pep talk. I was like, I don't give a shit. Like that was fucking kind was of hilarious. Hysterical. But also, I mean, then the funny thing was like, by the time I got on stage or for my thing or whatever, uh, of the, you know, 2,000 or maybe 1,500 people that are left, they all moved down to the... To the good seats? Yeah. <laughs> so it actually wasn't that bad by that time. Yeah, no, Your the, time was horrible. Yeah, there were a thousand... Uh, by the end of the show, there were a thousand people still. Yeah. And they were the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my time was horrible. But I, I didn't have a bad time. Like, yeah. I do remember on stage thinking to myself, enjoy this one, because this is kind of hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's like a what the fuck are you going to do? You know yeah. what I mean? There's nothing you can do about it. People no. wanted to come see Kevin Hart. They didn't want to see us. Yeah, but that's the thing, too. <laughs> they like, got the fuck out. You and I have talked about, like, <laughs> when you do stand-up comedy, even when you're bombing, there is a power in bombing. Yeah. Like, you just, you don't get to experience that in everyday life. And so, like, the sensation of having thousands of people walk out on you was <laughs> something you should just, like, soak in and try to remember. Because chances are it'll never happen like that to never you. Never. Ever. Never. People again. walk out. And, you know, we saw Kevin Hart at Three Arts, remember, like, a, maybe a year later. Yeah. And we relived it with him. We had a fucking good laugh about it. Yeah, yeah. How uh, how uh, his fans just bolted us. Yeah, yeah, that was fucking <laughs> terrible. That was terrible. Um, but fun as hell. Super fun. And Kevin Hart was a really nice guy, by the but way. But that's, that's what happens, though, when you have those kind of, well, you know, they're hard to control shows, you know. We did one on that same tour uh, with Broken Lizard in Baltimore. 
at a place in Baltimore. I can't remember the name of it. It was a rock club. Yeah, it was a rock club. And, and But basically what happened was is it was a standing room, and the bar was in the back of the room, right? Yeah. And so people kind of came close to the stage, and you had about like 15, 20 rows of people deep who were into it and have a good time. But the whole rest of the back of the bar... I remember it, it was open to the public, and there were people there who were not there to see us and had not paid to see us, and they could not have given less... Like, they didn't even know we were fucking there. You know what's funny about that show? Yeah. That was one of the ones where, like, each guy would go and then come backstage and be like, it fucking sucks. <laughs> right. Because you would walk out there and you just yell your set. You yeah. just go out there and just yell at the crowd that you're set because they couldn't hear. Yeah, there was no subtlety or nuance yeah. to the performance. But each guy, like everyone else who still had not gone yet, was fairly arrogant about the whole thing. That you, you, The guy would come off stage and be like, that fucking sucks. And you'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll turn him around, though. And then each of us would get out there and you'd be like, oh, my God, it's worse than previously reported by the last guy. Like, it fucking sucks. Like, I don't remember... I, I did not go first during that show. No. I went I, I think on. I went first, and it got progressively worse. Oh, my God. It was on. terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. But those are those bar shows, you know? You get those bar shows, and you're, yeah. you're kind of... That was, you know, there was... Suck. There was that one we did, you and I did. A Wounded Warrior it was charity a event. Wounded Warrior charity event for our friend Mike Weaver, who put it, put it together. And uh, he wanted to do kind of a stand-up show at this bar, and it was us and Brian Callum. Yeah. And uh, at this bar, there was no stage. You know, it was just kind of like you were standing amongst the people at the bar yeah. at one end of it. And at the same time, it was like the hockey playoffs or the basketball playoffs. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, it was the NHL playoffs. Yeah. And the TVs were on all the way around. And the TVs were on above your heads. Yeah. Where you were performing. Yeah. And the people, you would look at people in the bars you're performing and they would be looking at you and then you realize they're looking above you and then you realize they're watching the fucking hockey game above your head. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and that was one where, like, I mean, there was no backstage or green room or anything like that. You went first. Yeah. And I remember it ultimately kind of boiled down to you doing your set for me. Because, like, <laughs> it's true. Like, really, in, in, in totality, you'd only be doing it for the people in the very front row. Right. Because it was nobody so else loud, was nobody was listening. And then, and it sucked so bad that you kept looking at me, yeah, just to make eye contact. I just had to find someone who was actually kind of watching. And and what you were doing was commiserating because you were like, "Oh shit, I'm going next." Yeah, yeah. I don't remember who I was talking to, <laughs> but after a while, like I, I actually stopped paying attention to you too. Yeah, that was just the nature of that room. And then I went, <laughs> and it was god awful. And I fil- I filmed a bunch of it, which I thought was funny. I ta- I filmed a bunch of it. Uh, to his credit, though, Brian Callen went third, and he's such a ball of energy. Yeah, like he has such a different style than we do, that he was able. He just fought and fought and fought until he got people's attention. Yeah, but uh, I don't know that he ever did. He ever get the whole room? Painted? No, 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 not at all. It but like, like it was like he didn't give a shit. Yeah, like he just put his head down and he went. You know. Yeah, and I am always impressed by that. Kind of a thing, you know. And you, there would be a moment where you'd be like, "Oh, that girl is is really listening to my set," and then you realize, you know, you see her like react to the a goal scored or something like that above your head. Yeah, but we just, you know, we just did a bar show recently. They're hard because it's like, like we did a place where the bar was right in the middle of the of the venue, and people just they're going up there, they're ordering their drinks, they want to shoot the shit, they talk to the bartender, they're talking to their buddies at the bar. 
you know, and you're like sitting up there <laughs> trying to do your act. Yeah, well, that's you know the other problem with that. For instance, there was uh, at the beginning of that, that bar show, there was a group of guys at the bar that they didn't even we didn't even lose them during the show. We <laughs> lost them before the show. They were <laughs> talking and loud and drunk the whole time. Both shows there were people in the front row who were just wasted. Yeah. And like talking to each other really loudly and like and in those bar shows also you realize they're not necessarily prepared nor do they have the experience to do any sort of crowd control and so like there's no one who comes around to quiet the crowd. No. <laughs> no, it's just a free for all. And you had one of my favorite things happen to you in the bathroom which I think you should talk about. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Right, I was in the bathroom, uh, we were doing this bar show, and uh, I finished, and Lemmy's set started, and I went back to the bathroom, and in those places, there's not like a bathroom for the act, you have to use the same bathroom as everybody else, and so like, I'll go into the stall to take a piss, so that, you know, because a lot of people want to talk to you while you're taking a piss, you know what I mean, so I'll usually go to the stall, so I went in the stall, and then I heard two guys come in, and they're like, they're wasted, and they're like... These guys fucking suck, huh, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh Jesus! And they're like, God, these guys—they're—they're they're, uh, spinning off their shitty movie characters to make stand-up comedy, and it sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Do I walk out? Hey, guys, what's up? I think you should have walked out. Uh, I, well, it just would have been—you know—what the fuck? What was going to happen then? Right? They would have felt like shit, and you know, that, they were making. You feel like shit. I didn't feel like shit. I don't care. There are people who don't like, you know, you you learn in this business that there are plenty of people who don't like what you do. Sure. Comedy is subjective and it always is subjective. And half the people are going to like you, half the people are going to hate you. The the most you can do is just hope that, you know, you make a lot of people in the room laugh. Sure. That's all, you know, there's a little philosophy for you there. You are a beautiful man. Uh, Let's, uh, there's some other funny, funny. uh, I mean, we've had some fucking terrible shows. Here's one of my favorite terrible show of all time. Um, We were doing. uh, Foxwoods. We were at the Comics the, uh, st- uh, Club at Foxwoods, and and that's tough. Casinos are tough anyway because most people are at the casinos to gamble, and so when you have a comedy club there, usually people come in because they're having a bad night, or maybe they got comped the tickets, or whatever it is. So sometimes it's it's an uphill battle anyway um, to have a great show. And that what happened this particular night was that uh, Loretta Lynn, the great Loretta Lynn, yeah. Uh, was playing at the big theater next door to the comedy club. And uh, what happened was uh, she got sick, I guess. Yeah. And so she her show got canceled. And so what they did is they comped all the people that were going to her show, the 80-something-year-old country music o- star. crowd. <laughs> right? They had comped that crowd to come into our crowd, to come into our room. And so we literally had wheelchair after wheelchair coming in people with the like the oxygen tanks and the tubes the the nose hose the nose hose and we were like oh my god what happened and the guy told us you know oh they comped Loretta Lynn to your show yeah and we were standing by the door as they were all kind of streaming in and they were fighting with the club owners like I'll take your comps but I'm not buying two drinks damn it it was such a bad show I mean well, I mean, we're sitting there referencing our movies, which none of them have seen. Yeah. Like, I have a part in uh, in my show, I think it was a part of my thing, where I was like, is there anyone out there who has not seen Beer Fest? And yeah. then I go into a bit, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so I threw that line out, expecting all of them to put their hand, and none of them, none of them raised their hands. 
So none of them had seen Beer Fest. And I, no, no. Apparently all of them had seen Beer Fest. Oh, I see. They, I say, is there anyone who has not seen Beer Fest? Right. And none of them raised their hands. Okay. And I'm like, okay, so all you people have seen Beer Fest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just looking. They don't understand that you're even they talking to them. They don't know. Um, yeah. Plus, you know, it's a dirty show. And I know that, like, I mean, I think we told the story of uh, meeting Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. When we road tripped to Austin, Texas to show Puddle Cruiser. So they just had no idea about anything what we were talking about. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was one of the situations where just, yeah, you couldn't dig your way out of that hole, man. Yeah. They, the other thing, I don't know if you remember this about that, that show, there were couches in the front row. Yeah. Which, you know, at that point it was a relatively new comedy club, and I don't know if it's still that way anymore. Yeah, who knows? But, but someone got the bright idea to put couches in the front row. Yeah, and all I know is that there was never any person that was awake in those seats. Like, <laughs> every show we had, because people are also drinking for free at the tables. Yeah. I mean, this is the one... Con- Nobody's at the casino just to hang out. Everyone's there to gamble, and they're all drinking yeah. at the table. Every show we did, the whole front row would always be, be passed out in those couches. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was hysterical yeah. to look out there and see the front row. And the the, the thing is, though, that um, that club was kind of equidistant between um, my in-laws and my parents, you know, because my family's in Connecticut. So yeah. um, I remember my uh, in-laws came to one of those shows, and... Uh, it was, it was a terrible. It might have been that the Loretta Lynn show. I don't even know. It was just a terrible experience. Yeah, yeah. For them to be there, and people but. would come and go. I mean, you know, that the, they are free tickets, like you said. People are walking in and out of your show, and like, you know, it's awful. <laughs> it's an awful, awful thing. <laughs> one that reminds me of that one is um, when we played at Captain Brian's Off the Hook <laughs> Club down in Marco Island. Yeah, Florida. We've talked about Mar- have we talked about it Marco Island before or no? You know, I can't. I know that we. We might have talked about it a little bit when we had Todd Glass on, because he was, right okay, after we met right. Todd Glass, he was on his way down there <laughs> right. for the first time, and, and we were like, oh, my God. And he is such a particular guy that, uh, you know, he doesn't like any any problems, uh, technical problems with the stand-up set. Yeah. And and that's a, it's rife with that down there, man. Yeah. Well, so Captain Brian's off the hook. Captain Brian was a guy who, first of all, insisted that you call him Captain Brian, because he was a captain of a boat, and you had to call him Captain. Mm-hmm. And he had a seafood restaurant that he turned into a comedy club on the weekends. Right. And so there was a stage there with, like, you know, boxes and, like, fish nets and, like, <laughs> you know, like right. the hooks, you know, like the gaffing hooks. But then the, the setup was that the kitchen was probably about 15 feet away from right. the stage and it was open. Right. And so you could hear the, the you could guys see in the, the kitchen. Dudes in there. You could hear see them, them in there, and they yeah. were yelling at each other, and you'd hear clanking plates. <laughs> and on top of that, they would what they would do is um, uh, they would turn the re- the restaurant over, right? So after the dinner's course is done, they turn the restaurant over to the comedy club. Sometimes it would not work out that way. And uh, so if it was a, a rated R show, which is what ours was, They'd have to shuffle the families that were there out yeah. into an outside seating area. And then, but as the show was going on, periodically, I would see like a mother walk in with its like eight year old daughter and walk her to the bathroom. We had to go through the audience, and the mother would make the daughter put the fingers in the ear. Yeah. So you'd earmuff her. Yeah. So that, and you're standing on the stage doing your comedy, watching this little earmuff girl go by, you know, so that you didn't uh, offend her in any way. Yeah. On, on top of that, it was also. It was a beach community, and so pretty much 99% of the crowd had been out on a boat or out on the beach that day <laughs> and had probably been day drinking. There were so many, like, red-faced, 
drunk, exhausted people, like sunburned <laughs> and, and drunk. So you'd, you'd look out there and people were like half asleep at their tables. Sure. Plus, it was a seafood restaurant. There was a lot of shellfish, a lot of lobsters and king crab legs being served. You'd be in the middle of a joke and you'd look down like there'd be a dude in the front row like wrestling with a lobster claw. Yeah. And it would like shoot across the table. And like the whole the whole it thing. I remember we had a we had a, a local guy who was opening for us, and I remember talking to him. I was like, "Is this the way it always is here?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." He goes, "This is one of those places that that makes you think about quitting." <laughs> the end of thing. But the interesting thing about it was, it's an A list club. Like A list talent goes there, and we couldn't understand why. And then it turns out that that Marco Island is so beautiful. Yeah, and it's such a resort place, and they have this. They put you up in this great place, and they, it's a, like comics will go down there and bring their families. Uh, and you look at the list, and it's an A-list lineup in the club every week. And you're like, oh, let's go do it. And then you go do it, and then you realize <laughs> yeah. what the deal is. Well, it was also, there was a bit of a retirement uh, element down there. There were yeah. a, lot, a lot of older people there. Um, but, uh, like, we did not do great down there. We didn't have huge crowds. But I don't think anyone, I don't know that anyone does, frankly. The but the I funny thing the, the funny thing was was that uh like on the wall, yeah, there were photos of Captain Brian's wife with every comedian that had come through there. <laughs> right, right. And she finally came to our show with some friends on the last night. And it was comical because her friends asked to take photos with us. Right, but Captain Brian's wife did not take a photo with us. <laughs> right, even though the wall was covered she with photos took of her. A picture and all with every comedian that ever come through there, except for us. Yeah, because she hated us. I guess so. I guess she did. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. That's well, too whatever. Bad. That's whatever. Too bad. We had that one. Uh, we don't have to name the club, but where the it's owned by a comic, uh, and apparently I don't know if this happens a lot, but uh, he informed us when we got there that he was going to open for us. Yeah. Which we were like, oh, okay. I guess you know, great. And uh, since he's the owner, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. And uh, we did, like, the late show or whatever. He went out there, and he opened. Now, when someone opens for you, it's usually, like, 10 minutes, and then you get the act done. It does an hour or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. This guy went on for 45 minutes. He got up there, liked the audience so much, liked our audience so much that he did 45 minutes. Yeah. And we're sitting there going, what the fuck? These guys are going to be worn out by the time we get out well, there. Well, and people were falling asleep. <laughs> they were. During his set. You're like, what the fuck are we going to go out there do an hour after this guy does 45 minutes? Yeah. And that's what we did. That was, and you know, we've also, we've covered this in our Hecklers episode, but that was the time I got into a fight with a woman because she didn't like the routine I was doing about uh, engagement night sex. Right. <laughs> so, but something had happened to her in her life because she was called <laughs> bullshit on me. And she and I got into it with each Maybe other. Maybe she had bad engagement nights. I think she did. I think I think her engagement night was not as uh, beautiful as mine. <laughs> but uh, that we got in, we got into it. That was my first real experience with a heckler. I, right. I, I there was another show that we did um, at Caroline's in New York. Yeah, Caroline's in New York. Also, kind of a strange room. It's a weird room. I mean, like it's a famous room, but um, like it's a weird audience, like a clientele. It's like. They're in Times Square competing for Times Square business. Yeah. And so they'll pull in all kinds of random people in random ways. Yet it is, a, you know, a major comedy club. But, you know, like when we go to like, like Denver or, you know, we go to, you know, San Francisco, any, any, any cities, you go on the radio and, you know, when you get to town and you advertise the show. But that's the thing is like in New York City, there's no way you're going on any of the radio stations there to talk about 
your show at you know at the comedy club. Yeah, there's just too much stuff going on. They've got too much stuff to do, and so yeah, you're really just counting on walk on passerby traffic, but that's all tourists there. Yeah, and so yeah, we didn't have great crowds, but I remember <laughs> that there was a drunk guy in the front row he yeah. was with a girl. And he was just yelling nonsense at well, me. Well, what happened was, though, I went up first. Yeah. And he was asleep. Yeah. Like, all the way through my set, this guy was passed out on the front row table. Yeah. And his girlfriend or daughter, I don't know who it was, was with her. Well, it turns out it was his daughter. Okay. And he, she was awake and laughing and enjoying it, and he was just passed out. Yeah. And then I think he woke up by the time you got out there. He woke up. He was abusive towards me. Yeah. You know, I was like, dude, if you keep this up, like, I'm going to... I'm going to have you kicked out of the club. And he was like, fuck you. Like, kept doing it. I was like, you know what? Get the fuck out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever kicked anybody out of the club. Sure. And then the daughter was there. And I'm sitting there. back there going, ooh, Lemmy, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, then, and then he left, but his daughter stayed. Yeah. We didn't know she was the daughter yet. I said, uh, like, I'm, you know, like, I'm, you know, sorry about your husband, but, you know, and she was like, he's my dad. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, God. <laughs> That's terrible. That you made a mistake on multiple levels, right there. Yeah, but you know, listen. What are you gonna do? He's my dad. Yeah. Oh. Imagine that you go with your dad to a comedy club and he's so fucking drunk that he's an asshole and that he gets, gets kicked, kicked out. out. Yeah, he falls asleep and then gets kicked out. He's in the front row. She was probably a fan, you know, and uh, and maybe had, she's not anymore. Came with her dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. So that that was not a good. Uh, no, we didn't have a good run there. That was a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, another one was um, when we went to Kansas. We went to um, Lawrence, Kansas, a place called Liberty Hall. We and uh, I will preface it by saying the people who were there it was great. It was fun. Yeah. But the problem was they booked uh, the show the same night as graduation uh, weekend. Yeah. It was like the Friday of graduation weekend, and you know people's families were in town. We were excited. We we're like, oh, we're going to college town. We'll have a great time. Whatever. And they book it on that night. We don't realize till we get there. So everyone's got you know. Other plans. Nobody's showing to a fucking comedy show. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. And there's this big, beautiful theater, and about maybe 100 people showed up there. Was it 100? I, I thought it was, know. I remember it being like 30 or something. I don't like that. even know. I felt so terrible about that. This is one of those cases where the place got crushed because <laughs> they, they paid the guarantee. I and, feel bad about and it. And only a few people came to the show. And we did feel bad, but it's like. But I don't know. think it's our fault. It's not our fault. You yeah. know, like, I, I think right. what happens sometimes is that is some of these places. They'll book. They book you because they think they know that it's graduation weekend. So they try to do a thing like counter programming. Like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, okay, well, these guys have you know fans in college. Let's book them. Yeah. They'll draw people in. But the truth is, it's graduation weekend. Right. There's parties. There's fucking people doing shit with their parents. Yeah, nobody's coming to a comedy show. Yeah. And they did not. <laughs> so uh, nobody was there at that show. What about the Atlanta blizzard? Remember the Atlanta blizzard? The Atlanta Blizzard is one of my favorite things. <laughs> it was uh, January of 2016. Yeah. And we went down to Atlanta, and there was a severe warning, uh, weather warning in effect. Right. And, uh, in fact, I think that the governor of Georgia had already declared a state of emergency. Sure. sure. And um, had issued a blizzard warning <clears throat> and urged everyone to stay home and do not go out. Right. Um and th- this is the funny thing. It, it was on CNN. It was on the ticker. It said they are uh, issuing a blizzard warning. They are expecting up to one inch of snow. 
<laughs> which we thought was hilarious. It was such a doom and gloom situation. It was they were getting one inch of snow, and they and were they terrified, went fucking crazy. They were fucking terrified in Atlanta. I mean, I guess, I guess, whatever. To be fair, there was something that happened like the year before where they did the same thing, and it was a much bigger storm than they thought. And people were stranded and whatever. Yeah, but this was a situation uh, uh, based on that situation. They just overreacted. Yeah, and it was like, stay in your homes. Do not go on the roads. We are expecting up to one inch of snow. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God. And we got a fucking comedy show that night. Yeah. In Atlanta. They're telling people not to go out. Yeah. And the show, the snow never came, by the way. It never snowed. It never fucking well, it, snowed. Well, it snowed maybe, but it didn't stick. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and if it did snow, it snowed for like uh, five minutes. Yeah. Or something like that. And nothing stuck <laughs> at all. But like... It affected us through the weekend. Like th- nobody came to that Thursday show. That was the, that was the day of the warning. But then Friday, like, you know, the crowds were still pretty thin. Saturday was fine, but like, you know, that was one of the things where like the club owner, he had like tears in his eyes as he gave us our the guarantee. <laughs> um, right. It wasn't our fault. I mean, it wasn't our fault. You know what the fuck? It was like he was told. People were told by the governor to not go on the roads. Yeah. Um, another force majeure, uh, which I guess was not a force majeure, which uh, uh, affected another show. I, that, ultimately, we didn't do it. Was um, remember we had that stand-up show? We had, we had booked a live show early in Broken Lizard's career at Stand Up New York. Yeah, and um, and we were set to go do a show up there, and it was the ended up being the day that the uh, the verdict came out on the OJ trial. Yeah. And you know, people don't remember this, or you know, maybe the Chew Crew, you're too young, or whatever it was. But it was quite a day because across America, people were bracing themselves, and you know, riots were already starting to happen in cities, and everyone thought that all oh, hell was going to fucking break loose uh, when the verdict came out. And then the verdict came out, and there were riots. The riots started breaking out, and everyone expected New York City to uh, to you know be fucked. And ultimately, there weren't riots in New York City, but. We were we were down in like Twenty Third Street or where we were Bleecker Street. I can't remember where we were, and Stand Up New York is on the Upper West Side, and we were afraid. We were afraid to go out and have to you'd take the subway up there or whatever. You couldn't get a cab. Like you, we were going to go across through Midtown to get to this thing, and we were scared to go out. Yeah, <laughs> and we canceled the show. We did, and the guy was so pissed. They were fucking pissed at us. Oh, my God. They're like, are you doing this for political reasons? Or you're like, no, we're just kind of fucking scared to go out tonight. And he's like, that's not acceptable, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, well, we're not going to show up. He's like, you'll never work in this town again. Okay. You know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, we, and didn't, we didn't go. We didn't do it. Ultimately, there was no riot. We probably would have been fine, but... <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? At the time, we were we were scared. We were scared. What can you happen. do? We were just a bunch of scared kids, just young, dumb, and full of gum. Um, you know what I remember was the uh, we were just talking about the Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, I think we might just have a bad bad luck in in Kansas in general because we did. It was our second tour. Yeah, you and I had decided to try to book some rock clubs. Right, right. And our agents booked us at a place they had never. They were not familiar with. Right, right. Uh, Just because it worked out geographically. It worked out geographically, and they put us in this room in Kansas, in a bar in Kansas City. Yeah. And, you know, like, I know that we got to the place, and the sign on the marquee was from, like, six months earlier. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, like, not even partial lettering. Like, (laughs) some other act. This bar couldn't rally. To just even take down the old announcement from some act from six months ago. It was just exactly. up there on the marquee. like. And the other thing was it was, I think, summertime. 
so it was like daylight for really late. That's exactly right. And it was a huge, these huge glass windows in the bar, and the show started at like 6.30 or 7 o'clock or something, and it was fucking bright as shit. Yeah. Like the sun was up, and these big bar windows were there, and it was just a, like, bright. Yeah. <laughs> it was like doing a show in a storefront. Yeah. And by the way, only like 12 people came. <laughs> It was one of those horribly embarrassing life experiences. Like, there's nobody out there. Are the, those are the shows that you know make you cut your teeth? Yeah, come like on. I mean, look, I mean that's the thing. It's like you can. There are people that do come to the shows, and if you let it affect you, you're going to give those paying customers a bad show. Yeah, that's why you got it. And you realize you anywhere. have to just tough it out because those are your fans, and they're there to see you. You can't punish them for. You know the lack of marketing or whatever, the, or you know, or just you know, bad luck, whatever it is. You still have to go out and put on a good show. So even with twelve people there, you still have to do a good job. Do yeah. you ever not? I mean, like, do you, in your mind, can you think of a show where you've been fucking terrible? Maybe you're hungover. Or maybe you're too drunk. <laughs> I mean, well, there, well, Kansas City. I got I got really drunk that you one. You blacked time. out at that Stanford at Stanford and Sons. And Sons. Yeah, the the crowd that. kept sending me shots, and I. I did like five in a row. Like there was a line of shots waiting for me. That yeah. you know, I mean, it's just Kansas City, baby. I think, but your performance was good that day. I mean, it was just a little bit rambly. That's all in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, well, and the crowd was into it because they they knew they had done it to me. Sure, but um, they were party to it all. No, I mean, truthfully, you know, we were talking about the uh, the ski resort. Like, I thought that you know, with the with the number of drunk people talking in the front row, mm-hmm. and then also it was just like. People were so tired. Like, people just weren't laughing at anything. Yeah. And then what happens is you just start speeding through your material. Right. And you're, like, cutting corners. You're not trying. You're just, you're like, you're not pausing. You're just, you're just steamrolling. Right. And afterwards, you know, I'm like, I didn't even want to do the meet and greet. Like, I didn't even announce the meet and greet. Like, <laughs> I was fucking out of there. I was pissed off. Sure. And then, like, it's one of those times, like, you realize, like, fuck, I, I definitely... The crowd made me stink up the room more because I stopped caring and I just wanted to get the fuck off the stage. Right, 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 right. Uh, which is too bad. Which is too bad. That's, um, a, that's a bar show for you. There's a, there's that's a, a bar that's show. That's a bar show. Yeah. We've had good bar shows, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. What other, what other bad shows have we done? Uh, I remember, well, another one that was a problem was uh, it was a Broken Lizard show. And this wasn't necessarily our fault. What happened was uh, we, had, we had booked one show. I think it was one show. At a club in Indianapolis. Oh yeah, and we did, and it sold out. Yeah, and so the the promoters were like, "Oh fuck, why don't you, let's book another one?" And they added another one on last minute. And sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, you know, the word can't get out fast enough. Yeah, and um, I think they added it too late, and so the first show had two hundred, three hundred people, and the second show had about twenty people. Yeah, <laughs> and we were like. Fuck, and it's the hard, the hard thing about that is that you have a great show to a sold out crowd, but the taste that is left in your mouth is the twenty person show that you're doing after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, you, you do feel like a loser when the room is not full. I mean, really, you feel like a loser when there's only like twenty people in the crowd, even though you know why nobody showed up because they didn't know about it. Um, yeah, that was a funny one. Oh, you know what we haven't talked about, actually? What? Real quick. Who um, who won our fantasy football league this year? You did, Kev. Oh, thanks, man. Congratulations. Thanks, man. I was the champ. Yeah. Um, I'm you not were. sure you 
where did you finish like seventh or eighth, right? Yeah, it was out of it, ten. It was an anomaly. It was one of those ones. I had the second most points in the league, uh-huh. but uh, you know, I just had that. It's like taking a bad beat in poker. You know, just every week you, I'd face the top team of the right, week. Right. But uh, you know, what are you going to do? Sure. I mean, yeah. If you're me, you're going to win. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be the champion. I just want to say that. Yeah. You know, I I won an, uh, my biggest money league. Yeah. Back to back again. Yeah, it's funny. I, the other league I'm in, I won that league too. You're the best. You're the fucking. How much money? <laughs> it's did you weird. Win? How much money did you win this year? That's a non. That's a drinking league. That's a chug league. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's not a money league. Okay, I won thirty eight hundred dollars uh, this year in fantasy football. You did? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I never play for money, man. Don't it's you? Not cool. Okay, well that's it's not good. Cool to do. It's good because there was a while, you know, like you didn't respect the championship aspect of our fantasy football league. Uh, yeah, you, that's true. You only thought it was best record and most points. I were, still think that, were but that's okay. But if I want to play by your rules, I'm going to win them. Well, listen, <laughs> nobody remembers who like, had the best record, who had they the do most in points. Our, in fantasy football, they do. No, it's who's the champion. Right. And you're the champion this year. You deserve, Thanks, to, man. You deserve to brag about it. Thank you, you and I am. You need to be a jerk about chirp it. Chirp a little bit. I'm not being a jerk, but isn't that what bragging is? Um, what other crappy shows have we had? I have that uh, film fest, that uh, comedy festival we did in Santa Barbara. Okay, that was another one that just nobody showed up. For. Well, because uh, what we found out later on was that Neil Young was playing yeah. Santa Barbara at the same exact time. Yeah, and there's probably a limited amount of people who are going to go, you know, and see your show. Yeah, when this when Neil Young's playing. Yeah, right. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. What about like uh, do film screenings? Botched film screenings count? In this sure, group? sure. Why not? Why not? Well, because actually they do count because what we always would do for film screenings is we would do um, opening sketches. Like we do a sketch, live, some live comedy, get the crowd laughing, have a good time, and then, uh, and then we would show the film. Yeah. And so uh, we took, you know, back in the day, we took Puddle Cruiser around and went to all the colleges. And uh, we, one night we were at Syracuse. We went to Syracuse University. Big packed room, big packed theater. And we go out and we do our opening bit, and uh, it goes time to roll the film, and all of a sudden there's a, some sort of fucking problem. The film's not working. Yeah. And we're like, oh shit, what's going on? And uh, and so like I come off uh, the stage, and I go up to where the projectionist room is, and I walk in there, and Jay is in there, and the film is unspooled in a gigantic pile of film on the ground. Just a mess of of film on the ground. That's it. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And apparently the film broke and it unspooled. Jesus. And uh, you don't have these problems anymore these days because it's all digital. That's right. But it unspooled, so they had to find it where the splice was, splice back together, re-spool it. And at that point, though, the film, it was like... It was like just a, a pile of spaghetti on the ground. It yeah. was just, you know, you couldn't do anything with it. And so uh, Jay's like, go back on stage and vamp. Yeah. And so I went back on there. You probably went back on there. Like a couple of us went back on the stage and just kind of tried to fill time. And, hey, wh- how's it going, everybody? Like ask people questions or whatever and uh, just try to fill time while we're fixing this film up there. Now, this was just so people people know we were doing this college tour with puddle cruiser and the stakes were kind of high like we had booked all these colleges yeah no one knew who the fuck we were yeah and the whole thing was we were trying to do it to get a distributor we we were filming the whole thing and we wanted to spread the word and so at all these events like for us like it really meant a lot yeah and the fact that we only had two copies of the movie and suddenly one of them just stopped broke in the (laughs) middle of a screening now we had a room, a theater full of people. Yeah. 
who were expecting to see a movie. They had seen part of it, and now it was just done. And we were trying to keep them at bay. Sure. How long was that delay? Was it like a 30-minute delay? Uh, it had to be, yeah. It had to be 20, 30 minutes. We probably lost a bunch of people, but, you know, the show went on. The show went on. The movie yeah. got fixed, and, uh, and we played the movie. It was all good. It was days. all good. Is, um, that, uh, is that... Yeah, I think that's our list right there of, of bad shows. I guess... Of all-time bad shows. That sort of averages out to one bad show per year. Does it? We've been at it that long? Well, I just mean in, in terms of our, if we started in, in the early 90s, right? maybe it's less than one a year, although we've only been doing stand-up comedy for about six years now. Yeah. So, but, you know, you got to figure there'd be more shows in the last six years, right? But, that's all right. Let's have some more bad shows this year, Kev. Should we do it? Okay, let's do it. Let's have some bad shows. People, come come out to some bad shows. <laughs> yeah, come see some, some of our worst shows. Come heckle us. You know, we've had a lot of recently, though, is two crew members at the, uh, at the shows. Oh, man. So great. It really people t- their t-shirts and really I love fun. it. Yeah, people come in the in the Chew Crew t-shirts. Always so good to see them. Anyway, all right, um, Chew Crew, our Chew Crew. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, was that funny? That at all? That list that we just went through or no? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm driving, so I, like. Do you think anybody get a laugh at any of that stuff or no? It's historical. It's historical. It's historical. It just yeah. lets you know that you know they don't all go well. Yeah. And um, there's a lot that can go wrong. There is. You know what? You know what? I just remember just like a little quickie one. Yeah. One of my favorite things was, um, I think we were in at the Tampa Improv. Okay. And you were on stage. Yeah. And I think I was talking to the opener. Yep. And got distracted. Yes. And you brought me up on stage. You said, "All right, everyone, I'm going to bring Lemmy back up on stage now." Right. I was done. It was your turn to come up. And I did not come. And you're standing right there. I can see you. Yeah, I was just ch- chatting away. Yeah, and in the you, back of the room, I you called me it. up a couple times. I did not come, and then you you had to go in, into another routine, right? Right. I think I just bounced into another routine. Said, so, you know what? Fuck him. He can come up when he wants to. Yeah. The reverse happened though. I had that happen one time where I. Yeah, we were in Charlotte, I think. Yeah, and I uh, called for you to come up at the end of the show, and you did not come out. No, no, no. It was um, I followed you. I think out after the, your set. It was okay. a Broken Lizard show. And uh, for some reason, you you know, we had it all timed out. Or, but for some reason, you sped through or you skipped something. Mm. And so you finished like five minutes early. Yeah. And and you went to call me out, and uh, I wasn't there. Yeah, you weren't there. <laughs> and then you called me out again. Wasn't there. Yeah. Wasn't there. So then I... I think that was when we were doing the Susan Boyle sketch. Now you never missed a Susan Boyle. Goddamn right, bro. You loved fucking Susan Still Boyle. Still do. Love her. Um, all right, Chew Crew. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. What do you want to uh, chew on the way out? I don't know. What are you going to eat? I don't know. Seems like a sort of road, some sort of a road food. Well, let's like see. Like a trail mix. Is that, do you like that kind of thing? That's where you have. Are we sharing now? Yeah. Do you want some trail mix? No, thanks. Okay. But like the salty kind. No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have I'm going to have a Slim Jim. And okay. I'm have a Yoohoo. I like that's that's a road. Slim Jim and Yoohoo. Yeah. I'm going to eat that together cuz it's a delicious okay. combo. I'm going to have trail mix and a Snapple. Whoop. The salty kind though. All right. Like you know when the raisins are really salty? Yeah, I like salty raisins. <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah. Um, okay, let's chew it on the way out, shall we? All right, Chew Crew. Mm-hmm. Nice to meet all the Chew Crew members at their mm-hmm. live shows, by the way. Still nice. Always nice. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you later. Now leaving Nerdist.com.